is Lisa Nearing with another episode of Soft Skills 101, Life Skills for a Digital Age. We are sponsored by the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network, along with True North Homeschool Academy. True North Homeschool Academy offers live online classes for K-12 through graders. Students can see, hear, and interact with their teachers and fellow classmates. This is not just passive learning, but dynamic, interactive, and fun. We offer self-paced courses as well that students can begin any time of year, including American Sign Language, Biotechnology, Culinary Arts, Forensic Science, Veterinary Science, 3D Printing, Art and Design, and so much more. You can choose classes a la carte or in a bundle, making already affordable classes a homeschool mama's dream. Check out all of our programs and classes at truenorthhomeschoolacademy.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Pinterest, and Instagram. And of course, we'd love for you to download and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. So today I am here with Brenda Garcia, and I'm really excited to introduce you to her. We met through an online kind of a class, and it was really fun to get to know each other through that class. Um, I love how technology allows us to meet people around the world and just connect. And Brenda offered me a great gift by just listening to my podcast and giving me some great feedback about things that I was doing well, things I needed to improve on. And it was really helpful. She actually named some things I knew I needed to tweak a little bit, but she did it in such an encouraging way. And I wanted to have her on the podcast to talk about encouraging, um, encouraging ourselves and encouraging each other and how that all works. So Brenda, I'm so glad to have you on the podcast. Thanks for joining me. Oh, I'm so excited to be here, Miss Lisa. Um, what an opportunity. I love that technology allows people to connect with one another in such a way that would have never been possible, even just a couple of like, even 10 or 15 years ago. I know it's amazing. It's amazing. So tell us a little bit about what you do and your work and, and what your focus is right now. Sure. Well, I'm in a, I'm in the mom season. Um, I am the mother of right. Isn't that where everybody starts with their kids? (laughs) It's like, we almost kind of mentioned that we're a wife, like almost as like an afterthought or even an asterisk, you know, I've got three kids and I'm I'm married. So let's just start that off that way. I am the mother of a wonderful 14 year old. I have a soon to be 10 year old and I have a six year old, which kind of demonstrates, uh, well, this is evidence of the zoo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> environment that is my home and the season that we are in. We are homeschoolers and that is a big part of uh, my life and a big part of my daily schedule is attending to my children's needs. Mm-hmm. And that actually will tie into encouragement in just a minute. Uh, and also my, my other job, so to speak, other than being a mom and a homeschooling mom is that I'm a work at home mom. So I own two businesses. Um, I run a wholesale custom apparel company and I also run a smaller custom specialty gear boutique online. So I, I run businesses and I also have children and I'm a homeschooling mom. Um, I teach at co-ops currently teaching filmmaking and thinking skills for middle schoolers. So I get to do a lot of really, really cool things, but my main work, my main job is homeschooling. And um, I know that a lot of your listeners can relate to that. And even if they're not homeschoolers, I know that they can relate typically to being parents. And um, we 
all need to hone our gifting uh, for encouragement, especially homeschooling families. We're the ones that spend the most time with our children and most of their influence is being received, you know, through us. The, the words that they hear are usually from us. The, the feedback that they're receiving is from us. So it's really important that we hone the, the gift of, of encouragement. Mm-hmm. Right. And a lot of times we just in the homeschool world, there's also, there's this, um, kind of rhetoric that testing is bad and it's going to shoehorn our kids and it's not really going to be very helpful. But one thing I realized is we've homeschooled for so long is that there's a lot of ways to assess our kids without actually outdoing traditional tests. I mean, I'm a big proponent of traditional tests too, because once our kids get out in the world, whether, I mean, no matter how soon or late that is, they will be confronted with tests. And so teaching our kids how to utilize tests is really an important skill set, but also just how to assess our kids. And I think we often struggle with that. Like if we're assessing, it's it, there's this idea in our head it's going to be negative. But how do we get over that? How do we just assess our kids as homeschool moms in a way that's really positive and encouraging and feeds into them? Okay. So um, I can actually give you an example from my own homeschool and my own experience, but I think a lot of folks have this idea that um, assessment and tests define a child's intelligence. Mm -hmm. And that's really important. And so I think as parents, sometimes we do not remember that um, assessments and their results do not um, equal intelligence. And you would think that we would know better, but oftentimes we, we don't. I think it's really important for us to remind ourselves and remind our children that assessments are just tools. They're just tools. They're opportunities for growth. Um, and that doesn't mean that they should not be taken seriously. It just means that it is important that we separate the child or the person uh, from performance and from test results and from whatever outcomes, whatever benchmark. It's really important that we remind ourselves that uh, assessments are not masters, they're tools. And to disassociate the worth of a child from an assessment is really, really important. Um, And I, I say that from the perspective of a parent who has had to speak to a specific child who was in tears because of a of not getting the a score that she expected. She expected to receive a certain score and was very, very disappointed when she didn't receive said specific score. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought for a while, I said, why is this, why is this such an issue? And I thought about it, thought about it. And I said, hmm, it seems like she might be connecting her self-worth to this score. So mm-hmm. I think it's really, really important that we're also watchful. I think it's really important that we are mindful and we're looking to see what's really, really going on, but it's a, it's important. Let us constantly remind ourselves and our children that assessments and um, outcomes, grades and scores, those are all tools and their purpose really is to help us grow. Mm-hmm. When we look at assessments as growth avenues, it changes the conversation in your homeschool. Mm-hmm. 
I love that. Um, and how can we use assessments and, and, and just evaluation as a growth tool? Explain that a little bit more. Okay. So uh, again, making sure that assessments are given their, their proper place. Really, really important. Um, the, the other thing that I'm really fond of is using everyday conversation as assessment and making sure that we show our children that there are a variety of ways to show what you know. Mm-hmm. I think also understanding your child's learning style is super important. Mm-hmm. Um, your child's, uh, you know, I've got one child who's really, really uh, kinetic mm-hmm. and physical. And I know that if I were to give that child a worksheet and pen and paper or pencil and paper, that child is probably going to balk and struggle mm-hmm. and begin to focus on, on what she does not know or does not do well. Mm-hmm. And so I remember that every child is different, even in our own home. Isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we it have, is. Isn't that amazing? I don't know if you've seen that in your own homeschool. Yeah, we have five kids. <laughs> But really different, every one of them. Yeah. And in fact, I was just doing a different project um, this week and looking up learning styles. And I came across, I mean, there's visual, auditory, kinesthetic, but the other one was reading and writing. And I, I've never really felt like I personally fit into the audio, visual, or kinesthetic very well. But if I write it, if I see what I've written, I can remember it. I mean, if I read it, you know, so I feel like there's that fourth one out there too, that some people are just really they read and write, they have a better memory about it. And so there's, yes. there's more than just a couple. Um, and you can go into like, there's nine different learning styles. I mean, there's just a whole bunch of different assessment tools like that. But, and that, that is an assessment tool too, where we're actually assessing how our kids learn to better, to better help them access information and how they interact with the world and all those kind of things. Absolutely. I think that's key. I think it's important to remember that uh, we are not always going to be gifted in the same way and in the same area, right? We've got the same general vision. Parents typically have a a vision for their homeschool or for their family, but what that looks like and how that plays out is going to be different for each child. Right. That's really important. You know, it's just like, it reminds me of that one biblical passage where it talks about the, the ear not being like the other part in the body. I I really love that, that scripture, especially when I'm struggling and thinking, why isn't this child getting this? Well, maybe they're not an ear. (laughs) Right. Maybe they're a pinky finger, you know? (laughs) I don't know. I Do you ever feel like a pinky finger, Miss <laughs> Lisa? Uh, yeah, every now and then. Yes. Just you know, now. I want to just talk really quick. You know, you said you were, you have two businesses, you homeschool, yes. you have a marriage, you have a lot of things to balance and juggle like all of us. Um, and so I wonder how you stay focused because just owning a business, homeschooling, being really involved in your family, there's just lots of room for discouragement. Um, when your kid doesn't get it and you try to shift the focus and they still don't get it, or, you know, you're just having this communication issue with your spouse and you're just not getting through that barrier or your business, you didn't make the numbers or the sales or whatever. How do you keep your chin up and just keep going through all of that? Okay. I, um, I remember that I have learned so much and much, probably much more from my failures 
then I have my, my successes. And oftentimes my successes are really just uh, the result of studying how I failed. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. Almost like it's it's almost like reverse engineering of success. And that's what I like to think about. I like to think about how many times I failed and um, what an amazing teacher failure has been in my own life. And when I fail, it's because I still have a little more to learn in that area. So that is one way that I, I mean, I, I fail every single day. I would like to, to say that I fail more often than I would like mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but I have learned that failure is a great opportunity and the faster you fail, uh, the quicker you can succeed. It, right, right. <laughs> I love that. You know, one of the things I read last year was fail fast um, in business. And I've really gotten a hold of that because I've had some pretty great failures. And I just, I'm like, boy, it'd be so easy to be, beat yourself up over lost money or lost time or yes. you didn't manage that right. And it's just such a waste of time. But if you can think about failure as just part of the process and getting to the success faster, boy, it just reframes it in a beautiful way that you can utilize it. Absolutely. So one of the things that I do um, in conjunction with the work that I already do is that I spend um, several hours per week uh, helping other women, uh, particularly moms, uh, helping them re- reframe their experiences. And it's, it's part of, um, part of the ministry of encouragement. And I, I spend time teaching women how to look at their past experiences and how to extract um, a lesson and, and something that they're able to use, um, some that they're able to get a purpose out of. I don't, I don't know if that makes mm-hmm. any yeah. sense. So they're able to, to glean purpose from, you know, specific things that have happened in life. Um, and it's actually one of the tools that I use is a, is a worksheet where I ask a person to list five milestones or, or five difficult situations in their life. And I ask them to detail that that difficult experience and, and talk a little bit about why that was difficult and why that was challenging. And then on the other side of the worksheet, I asked them to list the outcomes, the positive results and the lessons that they learned from that particular difficult situation. So reframing is really, really important. Mm-hmm. I can think of all of the times where I know I've beaten myself up because I failed mm-hmm. or I did something wrong. And then mm-hmm. a few years later, I think to myself, that's why that happened. Mm. Yeah. That's what the purpose was. And, and, you know, the purpose of our failure isn't to to break us and to devastate us. The purpose of our failure is to grow us. Mm-hmm. Right. I think it's really important that we take an opportunity once a year. I know I do that for myself. I spend a year or excuse me, I spend some time every single year taking an opportunity to reframe the more difficult things that happened, to reframe difficult situations so that that difficult situation um, doesn't get a hold of me for the following year. So Brendan, take a minute and just define reframe for our listeners in case that's not a term they're familiar with. Okay. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So reframing is when look at a situation that could be considered negative and you turn it around in the same way that you would 
turn a coin around or in the same way that you would turn a picture frame around and -hmm. you take a look at it from a different angle. Mm -hmm. So when I talk about reframing, I mean, consciously looking at a difficult situation and asking yourself how you were better off because of that situation. What came of that situation? And what's really interesting, I know in my own reflection and in the reflections that have been shared with me by others, they, they all tend to say the same thing. You know, I didn't appreciate that situation at the time. But now I am able to appreciate it because I've grown so much as a result from that situation. Mm -hmm. So reframing is important because if not, we miss the lesson. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What was, what was the lesson? Not really, not so much. What was the story? It was, what was the lesson, Mm -hmm. right? It's like Aesop's fables. Mm -hmm. You've read them. We've all read them, right? I, I always like to read Aesop fables, but I couldn't wait to get down to the very bottom of the page where it talked about what the lesson really was because all I ever wanted was the lesson. I didn't want to hear all the story. I wanted to get the lesson. You know, and every single person has got those those fables and those stories in their own life. Right. So reframing is, is powerful. Here, here's the thing. All you're ever really going to hear outside of yourself is you failed. Mm-hmm. You failed. Look at how you did it wrong. Your bank statement screams at you, right? Um, negative people scream at you. Uh, the email screams at you about how you how you really messed up. And oftentimes we're the only person, the only person doing the encouraging. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes we look outside of ourselves, right? We look outside for validation and and for how we really didn't didn't mess up. So it's really important that we take the opportunity to reframe difficult situations. I think that's really important. Yeah, I love it. And then how do you, you know, I guess the last thing I want to just, I love how you're saying it's not just reframing isn't just a great opportunity for how we talk to others or our kids for homeschooling them, but how we talk to ourselves. And we're not going to find that gift of encouragement in very many people. That's, that's one of the things that just really struck me about you're taking the time to listen one, I mean, I didn't, I didn't ask you to do this. You just offered this as a gift of your time to listen to my podcast. And you gave me such fantastic detailed help in ways that was just like one, two, three stuff I could do. It was doable. And it was really encouraging. And I mean, that's just so unique in the world, but how do we keep ourselves encouraged? How do we keep our chin up um, when we feel like maybe we're the only positive person in the world? <laughs> Doesn't it seem like we are sometimes the only positive people in in the world? Uh, And something I don't know if I mentioned, this is really important. You know, it's so, it's so rare. Encouragement is so rare in our world for one simple reason, Lisa. And this is what I found out. Encouragement is a spiritual gift. I don't, I don't know if, if, yeah, encouragement is a spiritual gift. What's really interesting about that is oftentimes folks will skip over that one part that talks about encouragement as a spiritual gift. Do you, does anybody ever remember? that we are actually commanded in scripture to ask for that gift, right? Why is it rare? Because we're not asking for that gift. Wow. That's awesome. I'm going to have to look at that scriptural reference. Yeah, it's, it's, it's true. We're not asking for it. And so first and foremost, if we want to encourage ourselves and want to encourage other people, we, we have a, a God who really likes us and is very, right? Doesn't that seem simple? He likes us. Yeah. 
yeah, he really, he likes us. He, he's, he's kind of obsessed actually with our happiness, with our success. If you, if you think about it that way, he's really invested in learning how to in, encourage ourselves and learning how to encourage others. He wouldn't have said it if it wasn't important. So it's a, it's a gift that anybody can ask for. And it's also a skill that people can hone. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that, if that makes sense. Yeah. So tell us one simple thing we can do to hone the skill of encouragement. Okay. You know, I, this is going to sound a little silly, but I, I will share. Um, when I, I meet challenging folks, <laughs> when I meet folks that I cannot quite figure out, when I have personality or creative differences with other people, I remember that that person is number one, loved by God. And number two, that person is someone's son or daughter. And the reason why I remember that that person is someone's son or daughter is because somebody out there thinks they're the most amazing person in the world. So I look to that person and think to myself, how would their mom or dad see them? I know it sounds, sounds kind of funny, but it's true, right? And so when we can remember that this person is loved by someone else, now of course it doesn't matter if, if a person is ever loved by someone else. God, our father, the heavenly, you know, heavenly father, he cares about us because he made us. Mm-hmm. But I think it's always useful, at least the way I see it, to look at that person and say, you are someone's pride and joy. Mm-hmm. And if I, if I saw you that way, would my perspective change? You know what? It does. Mm-hmm. It does. Mm-hmm. When you know that there is someone that's rooting for them, when you know that someone took time with them, when you know that they're valuable to someone else, it's a good reminder of the value that God sees in that person. It's not just because it's your Christian duty. It's because that person's really liked and loved by someone. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that, that helps. It does. I think if we, if we can start realizing that people aren't just independent um, avatars on a, on a social media thing. They're, yeah. They're part of a family. They're part yes. of a unit that God put together and they're valuable. And if we can respond to them as people of value, it just changes everything, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And I love that you mentioned uh, avatars because of, of our obsession with social media, which is fantastic, right? Because it connects people like yourself and I, but it also disconnects people from the value of themselves and the value of others. We measure ourselves in likes mm-hmm. and hearts and emojis, right? Mm-hmm. And speaking of likes, um, I, I love how, how we as believers and I love how we as, you know, good human beings need to love one another. But let me ask you, how often do we search in one another for the things that we like? Mm, mm-hmm. yeah. my, my father, may he rest in peace, would say, Brenda Lee, I love you. And I would say, Daddy, I love you too. And he would say, but do you know what's more important? I would say, what is that, Daddy? And he says, I like you. Mm. And that's the gift that I have purpose to give my own children. I constantly Mm. remind them that, yeah, I've got to love them, right? They're mine. They say, oh, mom, 
You're just saying that because you're my mom. You have to love me. Well, yeah, I have to love you, but I don't have to like you. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So we can give our children the gift. Of, of course, love them, right? Love your children. I hope you love your children. Mm-hmm. But giving them the gift of being liked can change their perspective mm-hmm. on who they are. If mm-hmm. they know that you enjoy them, that you delight in them, that you care about them, that you think that they're the most unique thing ever, the best thing since sliced bread, it's such a gift. Mm-hmm. We're focusing on social media likes, but do we actually like people? People. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, We need to wrap it up, but Brenda, it's been so awesome to have you on here. And I will put links in the show notes for people to find you. And I really appreciate your time and just your heart for encouraging others. Thanks. As always, thank you for joining us for another episode of Soft Skills 101, Life Skills for a Digital Age. Stay tuned for next week's episode. We'd love to hear your comments and questions and appreciate your listening, sharing, and downloading this podcast. We'll see you next week for another episode of Soft Skills 101, Life Skills for a Digital Age. Thanks for joining us.